to the On The Air podcast, a companion to On The Air magazine, a bi-monthly magazine from ARRL for beginner to intermediate ham radio licensees. I'm your host, Steve Ford, WB8IMY. Every month, the On The Air podcast extends material found in On The Air magazine to help you learn more about the many things the ham radio service and hobby have to offer. The On The Air podcast is sponsored by ICOM, for the love of ham radio. In the new November-December issue of On The Air, you'll find an article by Ward Silver, N0AX, in which he talks about getting more punch out of your handheld transceiver. Ward offers a number of excellent tips, so let's discuss some of these ideas and maybe suggest a few more. Handheld transceivers are impressive little radios that pack a lot of technology into a very small space. Not only that, a basic handheld transceiver is also very affordable, with some selling for less than $30. These radios aren't miracle workers, though. They often have low output power, typically 5 watts or less, and to make matters worse, the antennas that accompany the transceivers, sometimes referred to as rubber ducks, are poor radiators. In fact, they're really pretty awful. You're basically transmitting into little more than a wire spring. The antennas are designed this way as a compromise, really, between the need to radiate a signal and the need for the antenna to be small and rugged. With a handheld transceiver, you want an antenna that can take a lot of punishment, and the rubber duck, or flexible helix, as it's really called, fits the bill. The reason these antennas still work, despite their deficiencies, can be summarized in one word. Repeaters. Repeaters, in case you're unaware, act as signal relays, They have highly sensitive receivers, substantial output power, and excellent antennas. They're usually located atop towers, buildings, or mountaintops. From such high elevations, a good repeater can hear the sneeze of a butterfly 20 miles away. Well, or maybe not. But really, they're so sensitive they can usually pick up fairly weak signals, such as the one coming from your handheld transceiver and its rubber duck antenna. Listen to this. Over to Jim, N1ZN. Jim, question, please. Over to you. Hi, thanks, Bob. N1ZN. Okay. This operator is using a handheld transceiver inside his home and is communicating through a repeater that's about 15 miles away. If it wasn't for that repeater, he might not be able to communicate at all. For handheld radios to work well with repeaters, though, the repeaters must be able to hear the signals from the radios. Repeater technology can only do so much, though. It can't take a weak signal from a handheld transceiver and make it stronger. The repeater can only repeat exactly what it hears. In this example, the signal being repeated is somewhat weak and noisy. Notice that when he stops transmitting, you can hear the signal of the repeater itself. It's a strong, quiet signal. Uh, also, there was a signal for the broken squelch there, but no audio. 
A repeater can do nothing to improve this signal. It will relay it, noise and all, but that's about it. This can be understandably frustrating because the repeater may be very strong in your handheld radio, but the same may not be true in reverse. So, to put your best signal into a repeater, it needs to be as strong as possible. The easiest way to improve the signal of a handheld transceiver is to get the radio as high as possible. If you're operating from your basement, that's usually the best way to guarantee a poor signal. Take your radio to the first floor, or the second, or third floors if you're in a multi-story building. Regardless of which floor you're on, try to get next to a window. Radio signals have a difficult time penetrating concrete, brick, or aluminum siding. Here's another trick that might help, although it may seem a little odd. Try adding a short wire, say 19 inches for operating on the 2 meter band, to your handheld. This is known as a counterpoise wire. In normal use, the radio's antenna operates against whatever kind of ground it can find, which usually means the metal chassis inside the radio. This works, but it really isn't very efficient. By attaching a counterpoise wire, you're improving the RF ground and making that rubber duck antenna more efficient, meaning that you'll be able to get out farther and receive weaker signals too. Finding a 19-inch piece of insulated wire is easy. Attaching it to the ground side of your transceiver is the challenging part. One technique is to strip about an inch of insulation from one end and then form the exposed wire into a tiny loop that will go over the antenna connector where the rubber duct screws in. Keep in mind that the wire will need to be shorter for other bands. For the 222 megahertz band, the wire will need to be about 11 inches long. For the 440 megahertz band, it should be about 7 inches. As Ward suggests in his article, you might also want to try a longer rubber duck antenna, or perhaps a combination of the two. It may have occurred to you by now that the least expensive way to enjoy a stronger signal is by improving your antenna. Of course, that means connecting your handheld to something much larger than any rubber duck style antenna. I'm talking about setting aside the rubber duck entirely and instead attaching a coaxial cable that, in turn, will be connected to a superior antenna. Yes, you'll sacrifice the convenience of being able to move your radio wherever you want, whenever you want, because you'll be tethered to a cable. But the benefits can be enormous. What you're about to hear is a signal from a distant repeater that was recorded while using a rubber duck antenna. Notice the noise and the hiss. But while the recording was being made, a special switching arrangement was used to connect the radio to a larger outdoor antenna. When that switch takes place, you'll hear the difference immediately. Yeah, my hand is fine. I'm just looking at the uh, ink level on the pen. Hmm. <laughs> well, I've got another one beside me that I can grab quickly if necessary. Go ahead. Over. Not only is the signal from the repeater much stronger, 
your signal would be stronger to it as well. In this demonstration, we were switching between a rubber duck antenna and a directional antenna known as a Yagi that was mounted outdoors at a height of about 20 feet. You won't always be able to notice differences this dramatic when you substitute a better antenna, but you should notice an improvement. A Yagi, or beam antenna, as some call it, is only one type of antenna you can use to improve your signal. You might also try a simple ground plane antenna outdoors. This is an antenna that has a single vertical element surrounded by three or possibly four horizontal wires known as radials. Ground planes don't focus your signal in a particular direction like a Yagi does, but it can still make a substantial improvement. When you're on the road, connecting your antenna to an external mobile antenna will also provide a major boost. Even a small antenna that attaches to the body of your car with a magnet, sometimes called a mag mount antenna, can make a serious improvement. Whatever type of antenna you buy, make sure the connector on the antenna matches the style of connector on your radio. If it doesn't, you'll need an adapter. If you're not sure what type of connector is on your radio or what sort of adapter you need, contact the dealer or the company that's selling the antenna and tell them what kind of radio you have. They should be able to look up the connector type for you and possibly suggest an adapter. If the feed line to the antenna is somewhat stiff, it will make using the handheld a bit awkward and may put some stress on the radio's RF connector. You can avoid this by using a short, flexible adapter cable, many of which are sold by ham radio dealers. One popular model adapts a PL259 coaxial connector to the reverse SMA connectors that you find on many handheld transceivers. I mentioned that most handheld radios can only produce about 5 watts of output power. If you tried a better antenna, but you're still getting reports that your signal is a little bit weak, it may be time to consider an outboard RF power amplifier. An amplifier will produce 20 to 35 watts output from only the 2 to 5 watts generated by your handheld radio. That's a big boost. The downside, though, is that you'll be further complicating your station. The amplifier will need to connect to your handheld, and your antenna will need to connect to the amplifier. In addition, the amplifier needs DC power, so you have to connect its power cord to a power supply if you're operating at home, or to the electrical system of your vehicle if you're operating mobile. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, which took a deeper dive into material from the November-December 2021 issue of On the Air magazine. We'll soon be celebrating a new year, and soon after we'll debut the January-February issue of On the Air, with a new set of interesting topics to discuss. In the meantime, feel free to send comments about On the Air to OTA at ARRL.org. Read our blog at ARRL.org forward slash OTA hyphen blog or learn more about ARRL membership at ARRL.org. 
Until next time, I'm Steve Ford, WB8IMY. Have a safe and happy New Year.